Smoking Dank Sinatra, that's all gas. On a hunt in a tall grass. Intercepting every ball pass, then I run it back, that's a TD. Check the scoreboard, y'all last. We up one, you see me. Pussy niggas wanna talk about it, go to Hellcat, no demon. I'll be politicking on your broadcast at the red carpet like the famous homie. Ask your bitch, really famous homie, and you know it's Emmy, it ain't on me. So creative like I made Adobe. I've been balling like I play with Kobe. The deal was the deal. Politicking the podcast, we back again Wednesday nights. 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we got a, a, a few things to talk about. We got Bronny James. He played his last game in high school. So Ohio State, USC, and Oregon are the top schools as far as where he'll be attending. John Morant has been suspended indefinitely pending investigation after he showed a handgun on Instagram Live, so we'll get to that. So the Lamar Jackson story continues. He has been franchise tagged by the Ravens. Now other teams can come and match their offers. And all the teams come out and said, nah, we don't want no parts of it. We're not interested. So we got to touch on that. Two people died in a stampede at a Glorilla and and finesse two times concert in New York City, and there's a defamation lawsuit. Dominion, the the company that runs the voting system, they're suing Fox News for $1.6 billion because they said that they gave out false information that caused the insurrection, whereby they were reporting that there was voter fraud and that Trump actually won the election. So we'll get to that. For sure, at the end of this. So what's the deal? It's just me and the famous homie right now. Let's see if anybody tap in. What's the deal, fool? What's the deal, man? Gotta get to these stories, man. That shit is crazy. They still on that voter fraud shit. Like, damn, it's like two, three years later. They still on that? Because because they couldn't impeach Trump, man, so he could run again. He already said he running. So, right. you know, it's all a chess move in business. You know how they run this shit, man. But let's get straight to this uh, Ronnie James, man. So Sierra Canyon, they lost their playoff game. And Ronnie James' high school career is over. So he can either go to one of these colleges, be a one-and-done, and enter into the league, or he can enter into the G League like D. Wade's son decided to do and play in the G League for one year and then try to join the league that way and play with his father before LeBron James retires. What do you think that Bronny James should do? Should he, you know, go to Ohio State or USC or Oregon? He has been upgraded to a five-star recruit. So what's your thoughts on Bronny James, and what should he do as far as his future? Well, I think uh, Bronny James is is benefiting, benefiting greatly from being, uh, you know, the son of, uh, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, he's definitely benefiting. Um, I've seen him play. And um, although he's he's a good player, I don't believe he's a five-star recruit. <clears throat> I think he's benefiting from being LeBron James' son off of that. And um, with that being said, I think he needs to go to college. <clears throat> he needs to go to college and um, let his game develop. I think I have every reason to believe that he will – get better he can get better he has the resources you know his dad of course you know he has the time i think he can develop into a a, an nba player i just don't think he is right now i mean a five-star player is not scoring 10 points in in the last game that you play like i i I haven't seen that you know usually when you're a five when when you're one of those dudes when you're one of them ones you're going out guns blazing you know dub 25 you know i'm saying you're having one of those electric games um so i don't think i don't think Bronny james is that is that as good as advertised right now um i think he should go ahead and go to either sc or ohio state the reason why i said those two schools because obviously he's from ohio and and his roots are out there and then you know he i'm I'm sure he has family out there and then usc he has his family out here in la he'll be closer to his dad his dad can help him out you know and everybody else in their entourage or in their family so i think he should Go ahead and go to school for a couple of years, let his game develop. I know he wants to play with Bron, but in the league, 
you can make the league, but they're not just going to play you just because you're Bron's son. you got to be actually good. So I don't think it's a wise decision just for him to touch the court with Bron. If he wants to touch the court and play and actually play with Bron, I think he needs a couple of years of school because his game is just not that impressive. And that's not on no hate and shit. I've seen enough to say that his game, outside of his jumping ability and, you know, his athletic ability, there's nothing special about Bronnie James's game, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, I, I just feel like Bronnie James, he's not going to be a one-and-done. <coughs> this is the college route. Man, I don't see him going to college for one year. At the very least, he's going to have to do two years in college. And if he goes the G League route, you know, there's no guarantee that that's ever going to go past a 10-day contract. Right. Maybe he go to G League way and he get a 10-day contract and he's able to play with his father for a moment, you know, and, and I think that that's the best way right now that I see them actually, you know, getting to play with each other on the on the court. But right now, Bronny James, is a he's a five-star, you know, recruit, but as far as him – you know, being league ready, I still think he's two, three years off, if that. And then if he gets in the league, you know, I think he's going to be kind of a, you know, per se role player. And with his size, the traditional point guard is kind of, you know, out the window. So he will have to become in as more of a scoring point guard, a slashing point guard. So it's a lot of things he will have to add to his game to actually transition from where he's at now to making it to the league. But I still say that he he does the US, USC route. He stay at home because LeBron don't look like he's leaving the Lakers anytime soon. And he can get, you know I'm saying, that tutelage. He can be around those NBA players. If he goes to uh, Ohio State or he goes to uh, Oregon, you know, he's going to be off on his own. And you're going to be, you know, but would you you go to USC, you're going to have the resources of the school, and you're going to also have the resources of your father. So I say his best bet is to go to USC, play for two, three years, and then enter the league. You know, don't, don't jeopardize your future trying to play on the same court with your father. Right. But, you know, you know that, that, that's, that's what they're going to be pushing for, and I get it, but at the same time, you know he's a he's a six four right six four point guard six six three six three six three point guard that's that's average size right now for the, for the point guards right now and his skills look at the point guard position look at the dames the Kyrie's the Trey Youngs the Lucas playing point guard you know look at the you know Kyrie Irving you know um, there's several look at the point guards and it is Bron can Bronny keep up with that I mean he don't have a great shot. You don't have off the world handles. You know, you don't have a bag of moves. You know what I mean? Like outside of his athletic ability and his jumping ability, what's so impressive about Bronny James? So he has a lot of, he can, and like I said, he can get there. You know, he has his father, he has the, the time, he has the, the, the tools to, to practice, but he has to put in a lot of work in order to get to that NBA level. Cause right now, I don't think he's on that level at all. Like he was a four star recruit up until recently. You said he'd been upgraded. And I was right. And I think they upgraded him because he's LeBron James' son. LeBron has that much power that he can upgrade him to a five-star recruit. But I don't think he's a five-star talent. That's just my opinion. I've seen him play enough to say that. Uh, I, 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 I'm drawing a blank on the team that his uh, Sierra Canyon lost to. But I think they lost to him four times in a row. Mm -hmm. And the player that, you know, let them, you know, buzz Brownie ass again, had 28 on him. Yeah, exactly. And when you say, and so so when you when you see a, a NBA ready prospect put up against a LeBron, a Bronny James, then you can get a real gauge of where he's at. And this last game was giving us a, a clear indication of where Bronny's game is right now. He's he's way levels above where he was, but as far as him being NBA ready, just because he's of age. Doesn't doesn't make it make sense, and, and that's the biggest thing. I just want to is everybody's talking about what LeBron wants and what LeBron is talking about, but has anybody stopped and asked Bronny what he wants? Right. And if 
and, and should Ronnie jeopardize his future to, to and do all of this just to play momentarily with his father on the court? Most likely for a team that's not going to be contending. Right. Like it makes it makes no sense. I mean, in the sense of Ron is at, at his at his last legs. He could hardly stay on the court nowadays. It's not like they're going to be winning championships together. So it's like, you know, Bron can extend his time in the league two, three years. And just if he just wants to touch the court with Bronny, I think that's the best solution because, you know, Bronny can have a fight bright future. I'm glad you made that point about him going against the NBA ready player. Remind me of the Lonzo against De'Aaron Fox in the college right before they got drafted. You know, of course, Lonzo went number two. And Lonzo, you know, even I, I have the hype on Lonzo. I think Lonzo had great potential. But in that game, De'Aaron Fox absolutely obliterated Lonzo. And now it shows Lonzo can't even stay on the court. And De'Aaron Fox is one of the best point guards and top 10 point guard in the league right now. So um, I think Bron- Bronny has to be smart and think about himself a little bit um, and be his own man. You are LeBron James's son. That's good enough right there. To touch the court with him will be absolutely phenomenal. But I think he has to do it in order because if he don't, he's going to fuck up his NBA future. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So. I mean, it'll be a, a great thing to see if we ever did see LeBron and, and Bronny on the court together. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm rooting for him. I, I want it to happen. Right. I want it At the same time, you know what I'm saying? You Don't be afraid to dream, but then wake up and face reality. Right. And reality is the way it's looking right now. LeBron's just going to have to extend his career out and play for whatever team and give him a one-year deal that uh, maybe they go back to Cleveland. Right. But the way Cleveland is is looking right now, they ain't gonna, ain't no room for them. They they are trying. It looked like you could have had a reunion in Cleveland, but now they got Spider. They got they got a squad. They a championship contender. They're a legit contender in the East. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, Bron best bet is to extend his career and wait for Bryce. Bryce is the one. Bryce is gonna be nice now. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce is nice. Bryce is better than Bronny, in my opinion. Because Bryce got the size, so because of the size, you're you're automatically a better prospect. That's absolutely, and Bryce got the game too. Like he he got he got the size with the game. Like he got he got it. Bryce got it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But we're gonna get to this next topic, man. So we got to get to John Morant, man. So we talked about John Morant two three times on this podcast recently, and we talked about his behavior and how he kept getting into shit and how. You know, we we full of a generation that ain't like that. But because so many of these niggas ain't like that, everybody think they like that. Right. And now we get these type of scenarios. So what's your thought on, on the suspension of John Morant after he was shown, I believe it was in Dallas, he was in a, a, a nightclub, and he was showing off a little 22, you know what I'm saying, uh, Emmett Smith pocket rocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what's your thoughts on John Morant, you know, wanting to be a gangster so bad? Um, I mean, I think I would have to I I was I was trying not to judge this situation too much, but not knowing really what's going on. I mean, a lot of the media and a lot of the people have painted this picture about Ja wanting to be a gangster and I I saw Skip Bayless talking about he'd be throwing up the, the crib sign all the time and you know, stuff like that. There it goes right there on the screen. You know what I mean? Um, if that's the case with Ja, you know, you know, I know he, I don't, he probably won't see this, but if there's a chance he do, I would just hope that that brother just, you know, lets that go, man. Let the streets go. Let one to be a gangster go. You're one. You're a top, arguably a top five player in the game right now. Your team is a championship contending team already, and you're so young. You're at the top of your game right now. You're at the top of the league right now. Why do you want to jeopardize that with this wanting to be impressed the streets so much and want to be part of the streets? Fuck all that bullshit. Fuck the streets. Fuck all that. That ain't for you, Ja. So I, I think Ja, if if he's trying to do that, if what the media is saying is true, I will hope somebody in his corner or somebody in his team or hopefully his daddy ain't co-signing the shit and, and keep it real with him and tell him to stop the shit. Now, as far as what's happening to him, um, going to you know get in the, the fight with the kid or, or whatnot um you know more facts came out about that you know um I, i'm just saying i look at it like this it was a 17 year old kid and he was playing ball at john morant's house 
that gives me an indication that that 17 year old kid is in some way related to Ja or very close to Ja because Ja's not going to have any random 17 year old playing basketball at his house. So that had to be somebody close to him. The 17 year old kids nowadays playing basketball, Ja's not going to play with no bump. So I'm sure the kid has some size on him and can actually play. So the kid is 17, but he probably was running his mouth, talking his shit, and overstepped a little bit and trying to step to a grown man and got his ass slapped. Now, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying, oh, I'm glorifying anything like that, but people got to realize when you play basketball, it gets heated. And this boy probably had some size and was probably popping his shit, and Ja had to check his ass. Now, him getting caught with the gun, waving it on Instagram, do I believe he should be suspended over that? No. I've seen players do worse than that in other sports and in the same sport. There's been a lot of stuff that's going on. I think Ja is unfairly being treated and uh, being targeted in that area, although I believe he is, he does need to separate himself from the streets and from all this other shit. I think he's being uh, targeted and unfairly treated and everything's being overblown with him just waving a gun on Instagram. It ain't like he had the gun in somebody's head or threatened to kill somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's illegal to own a firearm. Is that, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 I, I don't understand that. I, 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 everybody's comparing it to the Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas situation, but Gilbert Arenas and them was drinking and gambling. Right. And, and after the gambling, it, it led to an altercation, and then the altercation led to him getting his gun and drawing down. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, the, it's like night and day as far as the scenario. Right. So just because it's a black man involving a firearm, they're trying to make it seem like it's the same scenario. And it's nowhere near the same scenario. Nowhere now, near. is he tripping? Should he be really thinking about what he's doing? Do he need better people in his corner? Does he need some, some real mentorship in his life? Yeah. But is it comparable to what Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas was doing? No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Amrock, you you from the DMV. So you... you so you you got firsthand knowledge of when that all went down with Gilbert Arenas. So do you think that this this John Morant situation is even close to what happened with Gilbert Arenas? No, Gilbert Arenas straight brought a gun into the arena to basically threaten a teammate. That like, no, no way. Like John John Morant, I, I think he was just being a little uh, young. Uh, we forget this. He he's still a kid. In a sense, right? He's still 23, even though you know he's on TV making millions of dollars, right? We still seem to lose sight that um a lot of these athletes, you know, are just you know, they're still kids, they're still young, and they haven't learned yet to uh, understand, you know, watch watch the people around you, watch the influences around you, right? Um, so yeah, no, I would say absolutely not. This is not the same situation. Gilbert Arenas again, he brought a gun to the stadium on purpose, looking to threaten. Or to seriously harm someone, uh, this was not the case uh, with with John Morant at all. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on on what should happen with John? I mean, you know, he's away from the team right now. I I think this is enough. Um, I don't I don't think this is anything. Um, alarming i guess it's only alarming because again he's john moran he's an athlete he's just you know he's the star player on the memphis grizzlies one of the best teams now on the you know in the western conference you know he's a young black man in you know in in memphis living in memphis right now um you know there's a target on his back right i mean you know any any time there's a black athlete and there's guns involved there's you know uh, adultery involved or you know, some type of controversy, uh, that's what they want, right? And so they found something on John Morant very, you know, very easily that they can point to where, oh, you know, uh, he's the typical black athlete, you know, um, uh, uh, causing, uh, you know, you know, out here doing crazy things, right? But again, we lose sight of the fact that, you know, he's still 23 years old. Um, you know, people make mistakes. Um, this man did not, you know, um, come out and harm anyone as, as far as we know, or shoot or and, and kill anyone as far as we know. So, you know, again, he's been away from the team now for what, five, four or five games. He'll be away from the team four or five more. I, I think this is enough. Let him get himself right. Let him get his you know head right and then return to the court. But like any further punishment than that, I don't think is, is warranted or needed. 
So, so the league is, is saying that it's, a, especially after the Gilbert Arenas, it's illegal to have a firearm. I mean, well, it's against their rules to have a firearm on any type of team bus, any type of arena, any type of hotel, plane, anything that has to do with a team. So if that gun came from uh, from with his, his carry-on bag, then he basically took it to the arena, took it on the team bus, took it on the team plane, took it into the hotel, took it to the game, and then took it to the nightclub after. So that's what the investigation is pending because after the league started to look into that, then they try to say that it wasn't a gun and it was one of those lighters that looked like a gun. So the league is investigating on trying to prove that he took that gun from Memphis to Denver so that they can prove that he had this gun in all of these places where the where the rules clearly state that you cannot have a firearm or, or face punishment. So if the league finds any proof that he had that handgun in any of these locations, then it's going to be a swift and, and hard punishment for John Morant. And because of this, they really have to make an example, especially with all the, the shootings going on in America and the temperament in, in the country, period. They have to make a big example of this. So whether it's John Moran or not, I mean, we had, uh, uh, what was his name uh, on the Patriots in the NFL? Aaron Hernandez. Uh, yeah, Aaron Hernandez. They can't wait to till Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez went to jail right after winning the Super Bowl. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like he was a pro bowler. He was he got the big contract. He was a, a baller at, at, at uh, Florida when he was winning championships over there. It wasn't Miami. One of those. But. Good. But it was. I just feel like they built. They about to make a big example out of John. And as yeah. far as Memphis, the rest of the season, I mean, you could you could put that in. And because of that, now the Lakers might sneak their ass into the playoffs. This is some bullshit. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, uh, charges have been dropped. I'm breaking news on that. Charges have been dropped against Ja, so he won't be charged with anything with that incident. Um. And uh, I don't think they 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 would. Have imp- it's not enough games left to impact the Lakers. You forget Memphis; they play well without Ja. Even last year, they 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 won two games against the Warriors without Ja. So I think they can. They don't. They, them losing don't have anything to do with the Lakers. I think they're too far up for the Lakers. And as far as Ja, um, whatever happens with the situation, I think if he just get back to basketball and, and make it that. I mean, we've seen players. We've seen the late great. You know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant you know, come back from the allegations in 04, and it looked like it was dead for him. It looked like, you know, Kobe was was done as far as being the face of the league, and he got back to basketball after that was all resolved, and you know what happened after that. So if Ja could just get back to basketball and focus on basketball, that boy got a chance of, you know, being the best player in the NBA. He's got to get back to basketball. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, just real quick. Yeah, it's it's crazy how um you know it's it's constantly the black athlete. Now, this was Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right? Um or or you know Jokic uh or or um Luca in the NBA, you know, would this would this carry the same weight? Right, nah. and and we all know the answer, right? <laughs> we all, we all know the answer. No, right. So why is it always? The, but also with us, right? We also need to understand that it doesn't carry the same weight. So why we continue to put ourselves in these predicaments as well, mm-hmm. right? We have to start being smarter, and you know, and and again, hopefully, John Moran is hearing what a Stephen Jackson is is trying to tell him on on, on Instagram, right? Like, oh. You know, like be smart, watch the people around you, right? And and again, he's only 20, 22, 23 years old. You know, people people make mistakes. Again, this is not to excuse anything. Um, but you know, I don't I don't look at this and say, Oh, I think he might end up being another Aaron Hernandez, unfortunately. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't escalate to that level, right? But 
you know, we, we just have to be smart. You know, black athletes have to be smart out here. Understand that, you know, these, these standards don't work for us. Like we, we can't do the same things as, you know, uh, uh, white athletes might be able to do and get away with. It doesn't work for us that way. They, like, uh, like you said, uh, Kalen, they, they will make an example of us very quickly. Uh, as Ime Udoka, uh, <laughs> like, you know, and, and you know, uh, white coaches be doing the same thing that he was doing, but look what happened with him. So, you know, they, we just got to be smart, man. Anytime you black in a, in a, in a, in a situation of success or power, man, you have to be smart, man. You have to be smart. Well, I mean, what to piggy, piggyback off that, Amrock, I think, you know, um, with the incident we seen with the Lakers, remember when they got in a little squuffle with uh, Ja and Ja's father came over there? I mean, nope. it's hard to – I'm not going to judge completely off of that one situation, but, you know what I'm saying, the fact that – his father was kind of egging that on in the crowd mm-hmm. and doing that, you know, that's a bad look, man. That like mm-hmm. you're, you're his father. Like you should have told him instead of trying to be involved in a scuffle or a fighting in, in, in a shit talking battle, you got to de-escalate that situation and set the example as his father. So mm-hmm. it's looking like, you know, his examples around him, including his father, those are the people that got to take accountability for this. Cause Jai is 23 years old. Like as a parent, you know, you're you're mostly responsible on how your child is going to turn out as an adult. Now, of course, we make our own decisions as an adult. But if you have a good te- a, a, a upbringing and people around you, you might stray, but you will go back to those roots and make those sound decisions. So it sounds like his circle, including his family, got to do better. They got to do better or move the fuck around. Mm-hmm. So, so to piggyback off what both of y'all was talking about, one thing we got we we understand is that for black people, especially in America, it is systemic. Everything is systemic. So so going against all the odds you beat to even be in this position, you gotta understand that they want you to fail. They want a reason to keep their money in their pocket. They want a reason to be able to low cut you, to underball you, to 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 take the leverage from you. And that's why we're about to get to this next topic with Lamar Jackson, because the NFL is taking the leverage back from uh, Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson sat out the playoff game and said that he was still injured and that he wasn't going to play unless he was 100%. But everybody knew that he was sitting out and holding out because of the contract and that he should have never played in the first place last, last year. Now they hit him with the franchise tag. And right after they hit him with the franchise tag, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Commanders, all these teams come out making a statement saying, hey, yeah, we know we need a quarterback, but we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. So do you think that, like, the NFL is colluding with each other to make sure that they freeze Lamar Jackson out so that he don't get that $200 million guaranteed? They, they said that in negotiations they were off by $100 million. So they trying to pay him $100 million, and he's feeling like he's worth north of $200 million. Do you think that he will get anything close to that $200 million from any of these NFL teams? Because it seems like they're all in, in cahoots with making sure that Lamar Jackson never sees that contract the way that uh, Watson did down with the Browns. What's your thoughts? Uh, honestly... I'm about ready. I've been ready. You know what? I've been ready to really just boycott the NFL just as a viewer. Like, I have not been feeling the NFL ever since what they did to Colin Kaepernick and the the statements Jerry Jones, the comments Jerry Jones made. Like, the NFL is on some bullshit. Like, Lamar Jackson is worth every bit of that $200 million. That man is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks, not just black quarterbacks, quarterbacks, period, that we've seen in the last – 30 years like the, the man is a bad man like hell yeah he deserved that 200 million and the fact that they sit up here saying that they're not interested it definitely looks like a conspiracy and these or these teams are conspiring against him to not get him paid because he is a dynamic quarterback he can change any franchise around that's how good this man at least in a regular season for show now of course he hasn't proven and won in the championship won a championship but you know, he's going to get you 12 wins. The man is dynamic. I don't understand it because I've seen scrubs like, what's his name? Um, Matt Ryan and, and, and 
the Rams quarterback. What's his name? Uh, Matt Stafford. Stafford. Stafford is a bum. Like I keep telling people, he is not good. That boy has not done shit in the league before he got to that super squad with the Los Angeles Rams. And he stayed getting contracts. All these white quarterbacks who ain't no good have 20-year careers getting paid. Benny Testaverde. I don't know if y'all remember him. That man stayed in the league for a long time. And he was Doug, a Doug fucking king. Like Doug, Doug Flutie played till he was like 43. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these white quarterbacks are getting paid and are keeping jobs, and they're gonna sit up here and tell me that you're not interested in signing Lamar Jackson, who is arguably talent-wise, talent-wise, arguably a top five talent at, at that position ever, not just black quarterback position, period. So the fact that they're doing that to this man, it let me know the NFL is on some bullshit. The NFL been on some bullshit. The NFL needs to change that business model. They need to change the way they do things because it's more than obvious that they have a bias against a lot of these black players, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. Because in, 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 in football, the quarterback position has historically been dominated by white uh, quarterbacks. But now the, the change in their guard has happened. You see the the um the, the kid in San Francisco, uh, Jalen Hurts and, and, and you know Mahomes and Lamar. You see all these guys coming on strong, and they're finally starting to change the, the the narrative when it comes to the quarterback position. And that's the last position they got in the NFL. Ain't no great white running backs outside of that McCaffrey kid. Is that's a black dominant position. Wide receivers is black dominant position. Defensive blacks is black black dominant position. Linebackers, all of that. So. They don't want that position to be taken, and it looks like that they're trying to do everything they can to prevent that position to be taken. And to me, it's more than obvious. So me myself, I've been kind of leaning off of the NFL. I don't watch it like that as much as much as I used to. The Super Bowl I watch, but I, at this point, it, NFL is making me lose interest like completely with that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, the NFL um, definitely with with black quarterbacks, black head coaches, black GMs. Um, has been, you know, just very um, disappointing, especially when a lot of its viewership is black people um, and, and the majority of its players. Seventy five percent of the NFL is black. Um, and with Lamar Jackson, um, you know, it's not just that uh, he's a black quarterback as to why they're keeping them down. Uh, he's also a black quarterback who represents himself, who his black mama represents him as well. Right. Um, and they don't like that. They don't, you know, why don't you have, you know, an agent, right? A white agent, right? Like where, you know, why don't you have that? Right. Um, it's that factor. Um, it's the, and, and also, you know, it's the factor that to, you know, to be fair in the situation, <coughs> um, Lamar Jackson does have a history of injuries and with his style of play, maybe, you know, also that factors into why teams are not, um, necessarily interested in him but is he worth the money absolutely uh like you said the man is a former mvp he is guaranteed uh you know to give you 11 to 12 wins a season um baltimore just you know they just haven't really been healthy um since they've had lamar you know they've they've made the playoffs i think he finally got a playoff win but overall they just really haven't been healthy in the afc it's just been tough with you know with kansas city um, and, and Cincinnati in the mix. Buffalo has been in the mix, but, you know, the, the Titans have been in the mix. It's just been a tough, tough out in the AFC. And if you're not healthy in the NFL, that is a huge factor no matter who you are. <laughs> no matter who you are. The one season the, Tom Brady got hurt, you know, the Patriots still had a decent season, but did they do anything? No. So health matters, right? Um, so that is also a factor with Lamar Jackson, um, you know, but yeah, the NFL had been trying to keep, uh, black, um, uh, quarterbacks down or, you know, or, or keep that position as white as possible. Um, you know, uh, I guess that's why they say, you know, with Mahomes, um, even though yes, he is black still, you, right. You know, it's, it's NFL is part of an image thing too. Right. But if you um, look at Mahomes deal, they signed Mahomes early. And he's mm -hmm. probably getting paid. He's probably the the twelfth highest paid quarterback annually well, well, yeah, in the league right now. Well, Mahomes so they got smart. Mahomes on the deal. Well, Mahomes was smart. I mean, uh, and I'm sure they probably went to him and said, "Look, we're gonna we want you here for the next decade, but to 
keep, you know, to make sure that we keep this championship thing going, right? We have to pay you, you know, long-term, you know, 300 million over 10 years or what have you. So that way we can keep a Travis Kelsey. We can keep all these different players. We may not be able to keep Tyreek Hill, but still we just won the Super Bowl. So it, it actually worked out, right? So um, in that situation, he's smart. Like with Lamar Jackson, um, you know, he, he you know, it, every player is different. Everybody's different. You know, Tom Brady took the same approach, right? He took a little bit less, you know, to keep those Patriots teams intact. Everybody's different. Some players like Aaron Rodgers just want their money. You know, they, they've, you know, done what they need to do, won a Super Bowl, won an MVP. They feel like they deserve that money, especially when they see players like Derek Carr, who also hasn't done anything in the league, right? Matthew Stafford, all these different players. Um, even, um, you know, a black player, Deshaun Watson, what has he done in the league? You know, I mean, he's a great talent, but compared to Lamar Jackson, what they don't so, add so, up, right? So when you so, mention Aaron yeah. Rodgers, when you mention Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers won that Super Bowl 12, 15 years ago. Right. Now he's won an MVP recently, but so has Lamar Jackson. Okay. But you know what Lamar Jackson has? Age. How old is Rodgers? 39, 40, 40 something? Right. He doesn't. We haven't even heard if he's officially even coming back or what his decision is. Right. But you can let him be forty and hold your team hostage and pay him fifty million a year guaranteed. But when the black quarterback at twenty five that carried your team since day one, he asks for fifty million a year, and you like and not I, guaranteed I, or not. I hear what you I hear what you're saying. I, I hear it. And it it's but it's also a factor of we have to, you know, we have to recognize what it is. Lamar Jackson has not been healthy. <laughs> that is a key factor. I understand we, you know, look, I'm with y'all with the race car. Don't get me wrong, don't get it twisted. But he has not been healthy. Aaron Rodgers, he's been on the field for the most part, right? I mean. You know, Tom Brady, he he has been now. Yes, these are white quarterbacks, but they have remained healthy. Um, I think if anything, if the Ravens want to keep him, they need to understand, like go to him and say, look, maybe we could stretch this out so that way we can get you an offensive line so you're not running for your life and you can stay on the damn field. Let's get you some receivers that you can pass to down the field because Lamar Jackson has an incredible arm, right? Um, you know, they, they should talk to him about that, maybe similar to how Kansas City talked to Mahomes, right? Um, instead of just, you know, uh, the back and forth with negotiate, like they should really go to Lamar and say, Lamar, look, we really want to keep you. How can we stretch out this 250, 300 million that you're looking for so we can put the right team around you? I, I think if they had that conversation with him, maybe there might be some solution and they'll get him signed to exactly what he wants and exactly what he deserves. But he, that health thing is a factor. Well, do, as a, as an owner, would you seriously, uh, would you seriously pay your top athlete top dollar, even though, you know, it is a possibility he might not be on the court or on the floor. You have to really um, ask yourself that question, black or white. You have to ask yourself that question. And, and it's the same thing with Anthony Davis in, in L.A., right? People people worry about, well, he cannot stay on the court. He always gets hurt. You know, so you have to factor that in, black or white. That's true. Good point. Yeah. One, one thing you brought up, too, was that the fact that he is not having one of those agents because he is representing himself and he has family members representing himself <coughs> and he has you know lawyers consulting them but he doesn't have a, a actual agent per se this is why they think that they can take advantage of these types of scenarios and, and i was looking at I, I watched old clips and in an interview we did with with me and you ronnie and, and i posted the clip on instagram and i was talking about black people and how we have to have tactics what the black panther party did was it taught us tactics you know, a, a way to combat these people in the business world because they come at it with these ruthless tactics and we don't know how to respond to them. We take everything personally. When in reality, if that was an agent representing you, they wouldn't be in the room taking stuff personally because they understand the tactics that these business people are coming with. So we, we have to get tactical 
And we have to really understand how business deals are really being done. If you want $200 million, you're going to have to bring it. If you're going to get the highest contract in NFL history, you think that you're going to get it by walking in there with your mom and your uncle? Niggas got to have some more tact than that. You got to have some more business, a business, a better business acumen than that to think that you can just walk in there with your mom and your uncle and get the biggest contract in NFL history. So, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can hire an agent just right now to broker this deal. You don't have to hire the agent to serve you over, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come correct. And Lamar Jackson uh, Lamar, he, he is really just dropping the ball as far as representing himself. And that's why I don't think that ultimately he's not going to get that $200 million guarantee that he's looking for. They're going to franchise tag him twice. And if he stays, if he chooses to play, that's the first part. I think that he should go out there, he should play on it, and he should prove that he can stay healthy for a season so that he can have some leverage going back to the negotiation table. Chestnut checkers. Yes, sir. Well, let's get to this hip hop news, man. So, New York, they had a Glorilla and Finesse two time concert. And I guess during the concert, I guess the people heard a loud bang and they assumed that it was gunshots. No gunshots were fired, no shells were recovered. None of that stuff happened. But because they thought it was gunshots, everybody started to rush. Towards the exit, the venue did not have adequate exits. They had one exit, and everybody got stampeded trying to exit. Uh, actually, four people ended up in the hospital, and two two of them ended up deceased. This is happening a lot at these hip hop concerts and festivals. We were just I was just at Rolling Loud, uh, Playboy Cardi. Like three people got knocked out in mosh pits during. During his set, he was raging. They call it raging. You know, uh, well, it was the Travis Scott astronaut status when people were passing out. And, and like, hip-hop is, is at an all-time high. It's bringing in a lot more revenue. But at the same time, it's getting a lot more dangerous. What are y'all thoughts on, like, these concerts and how can we make these things more safe? Because... Every year, we have more and more people dying at concerts and festivals. Man, that shit is crazy. Um, to <sighs> where do I start? Um, like you, you brought up the Astro World with, with with you know Travis Scott and um, a couple of other incidents. This one included included. Um, you you never worry about. You never think going to a concert. You never think in a million years that. I'm going to die, not from being beat up, not from getting shot, not from getting a stray bullet or something, but getting caught in a stampede. Now, I think, of course, hip hop will be made as the scapegoat. But the real issue is, you know, the people that are running these shows and throwing these shows, which I don't think got nothing to do with black people. They got to start choosing better venues and and taking better precautions when they throw to some of these events. You can't sit up here and expect um, a hip hop event where, you know, people are partying, having a good time, smoking, drinking, taking this pill, taking that pill, they geeking out and all this other shit and um, not have adequate exits or, or, or anything like that or make sure the thing is safe. Like that's on them. Like, of course, you know, I remember when it happened to Travis Scott with Astro World. He was getting blamed for the shit like it was his fault. He's the motherfucker that's performing. He ain't the motherfucker that's choosing the venues and you know picking this and picking that. He's just performing. He was doing his job. He's not responsible for what's going on in the crowd. So um, they said weren't no gunshots fired, but I think the people that are throwing these shows and picking the venues and um, they got to do a better job overall, even with you know the safety as far as people having weapons. Or, you know, having, you know, if it's thousands of people in there, why would there be one exit? Let's say an emergency did happen. Let's say the building started caving in. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what can happen. We don't know. We can't predict the future. Anything can happen. So why would you not be prepared for any catastrophe or a natural disaster even 
to happen in these areas to where you got seven, eight, nine, 10, 20 exits to where people can get out. Don't choose these venues for this type of stuff because anything can happen. People losing their life at a concert that or, or, or a show, that made me not want to go to no shows. I'll be damned if I get stamped. I'm going out dying, getting stampeded and getting stomped on. Or, or, you know, my kids are getting older. They becoming adults. And they go to a show in the future, and I hear on a new see on the news that one of them got got caught in a stampede trying to get out of a concert because somebody had a gun or somebody had a knife or an earthquake happened. This is on them. Like they have to take accountability of whoever's running this shit, throwing these shows, picking these venues to pick. Don't be so thirsty to have these events, but take your time and pick the right venue that has the right safety plan and <coughs> safety plan at hand and safety strategies on hand as well so you can guarantee that people enjoy the damn show and able to go home to their damn families it's ridiculous yeah that's that's you know well said uh ronnie i i concur with everything that uh ronnie just said um you know it's it's the blame falls on whoever the venue manager or, or management um you know for one you have to you know there's fire codes with you know making sure that um, you, you know, you're not over, over capacity, uh, in a sense. Right. And when you hear about a stampede, uh, I immediately think, you know, that sounds like a lot of people were in there that, you know, uh, maybe it was a little bit too crowded. It was a little too over capacity. Um, but it's, you know, it's still unfortunate that two people, um, lost their lives, uh, condolences to, you know, the families. Um, and, you know, like, like Ronnie said, you know, you're going there to, enjoy a hip-hop concert you're not expecting to die um you know going to a hip-hop concert i mean you know especially from a stampede i mean that's gotta like be one of the worst ways to go out right i mean like you're literally dying while people are you know running over you um that's you know that's horrifying um but yeah the blame doesn't fall on the artists you know we you know especially in hip-hop culture they love to put the artists out there in front. Oh, look, you know, it was another black person. They couldn't control their concert venue. They couldn't control their fans, what have you. Um, so let's blame them. No, you know, the, the blame is not on the where, you know, is there adequate security or, you know, are they with the fire code as far as with capacity? Um, you know, are there, you know, plenty of exits for people to get out? Um, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of different factors when you're factoring in, you know, these venues and these buildings or what have you um you know that that needs to be considered you know and, and thought of more so than just blaming uh the artists immediately just because gorillas you know just because she's the headliner oh let's blame her you know no that's that's not on her it wasn't um on you know on travis scott you know like unfortunately these things happen but it is a um, bigger issue when it comes to the venue um and where the they are having these concerts at um, and you have to look at, you know, who is running the venue um, more so than anything. All right. Did, again, do they have adequate security? You know, uh, uh, was it over capacity? All those things you have to consider um, uh, first when, you, you know, you're doing your full investigation. But of course, because it is hip hop and she's a hip hop artist, they're going to throw her name out there um, and, and, of course, put them as a scapegoat, which is how it always goes. So. So when you talk about these venues, I don't know how it is out there, but out here, everything is about section. Now the venue would have 500 capacity, but because they want to sell sections and having sections is so important that there's really no standing room that they put 50 sections in there. So now standing room is only capacity for 100 people because you got all these sections that you put in here. You know, so that you can bring out sparklers and bottles and do the whole hip hop thing. So as far as like doing concerts in clubs, I really don't think that's more for like walkthroughs. But they doing full concerts in, in clubs that have capacity for two, three hundred people. And you know these these motherfuckers is greedy. If five hundred people show up to your three hundred venue, you gonna let them in into the fire and come shut it down. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? It's really just about the janky promoters. You ain't never watched that movie. That's why we got to we gotta school our, our youngsters on these old school bootleg movies, man. Because, you know what I'm saying? They dealing with these janky promoters. And, and that's why all this shit be happening. 
Right, right. That was a classic, by the way. Take your motors. <laughs> that's a ghetto classic. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? That's real. Like, yeah, that's real shit. Thank you, ass promoters, bro. But uh, sure. let's get to this last topic, man. So we got to get to politics. Because you know, politics is always going crazy. We're wrapping up for the 2024 election. And the Democrats are up to their usual games. So Dominion, Dominion was the voting, uh, the voting company that owned the, the voting machines that counted the 2020 election. And the Democrats and the DOJ have basically weaponized them to sue Fox News for $1.6 billion for their coverage of the presidential election 2020. Fox News was stating that there was so much voter fraud going on and that Dominion didn't work and that Dominion was hacked by the Russians and that a bunch of fake dead people was sending in mail-in ballots and that none of this system was working and that Trump actually won the election. But, uh, the Democrats partnered with Dominion to flip the election for Biden. And this is what they're blaming the insurrection on January 6th, they're saying that this was all caused because of the propaganda that Fox News was putting out. Now, the new House, uh, uh, the House Speaker, McCarthy, Republican, he's the one that gave this new information up to the DOJ and said that he was doing it in transparency. So I just want to say the first thing that I, I think of this when I look at this I think that this is them trying to get all the blame away from Trump. If you can blame Fox News for this, then you can't say Trump wild up the people to do the insurrection. It was Fox News that actually did it, and that's why they getting sued. So I think that this is actually a plan from McCarthy and the Republican Party to point the finger at a Fox News because Fox News has already been more bipartisan and they're already starting to side with more uh, Democratic <coughs> views. When back when Trump was in office, Fox News was just Trump news. So I think that this is a Republican Party play to try to blame Fox News so that they can clear Trump of all charges with the insurrection so that Trump can move forward with really trying to get the Republican Party back in, in, in where they were when Trump was in office. So what's your thoughts on this whole voter fraud scenario? I and mean, what's your thoughts on this $1.6 billion lawsuit against Fox for, for spreading propaganda? Whew. I mean, they've been talking about this voter, voter fraud thing for a while now. I think ever since Trump lost, I think when he lost, they were talking about it. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to sit up here and say that they're wrong about that. You know, um, I don't think politics historically have ever had a clean background or done things in a clean way with politics. Period. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we see on TV shows is real. I don't know if you guys have watched the show Scandal. Um, you know, scandal that would carry Washington, you know, that that exposed a lot that, that goes on in the political world, you know, with, with fraud and all this other stuff. And so I, I don't think that they're they, they they're all the way wrong about that. Now as far as they're trying to get it to way to where Trump was, I mean, all is fair in in politics for, for, for me, I think, you know, um well the way I believe politics is just crooked, like on both sides, like the Democrats, the Republican, you know, we, we've both witnessed unfair things happening or things happening from both sides. Um, you know, Donald Trump was a hated president, you know, by, by a lot of people because of his, you know, racist banter, because of the things he said about building walls and some of the stuff he said about blacks and what his father did back in the day with denying blacks home loans and stuff like that. You know, people have deemed Donald Trump as a racist and, and, and a racist that speaks loud. And he he made made sure that a lot of people, you know, a lot of white people, racist white people, they came out. They came out loud and strong when he was a president. You know, if we if we kind of I'm not saying erase that, but if we look past that, 
and look at what actually happened and look what's happening now while biden has had his tenure within the last two to three years um <coughs> i can honestly say that i feel better about the direction the country was going in you know when that you know racist pink motherfucker was the, the president so um i think this tactic is to definitely even the playing field so trump can get back in office so he can go to get another term um do i is it fair i don't know i don't know there's lot that's not fair in politics but i think that that's just definitely what's happening and um it's gonna be an interesting 18 months until we get there it's gonna be an interesting 18 months yeah i i would say i don't believe during any um president's tender tenor throughout american history um have you know any president really came out and supported blacks or done you know anything to fully change uh black people's situation um in america uh, as far as the sy systemic racism that faces us every day i um, mean every almost every avenue uh, of life um and so you know look politics all of them all of it is corrupt whether you're democrat republican green independent you know, uh, purple whatever uh party uh you want to represent all of most of it is 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 corrupt um i'm pretty sure you probably have a few politicians out there who really truly want to do the right thing uh, i think you know they understand especially the white community that um you know uh uh that politics is power and getting in those positions um uh you know is power right the news fox news knows that their platform um is powerful uh the propaganda that they can spew um you know throwing out the number you know the 1.3 billion you know that's just a you know they just want to throw out a number out there to you know ooh, it's 1.3 billion like oh snap you know it must be something look you know that that shit will go away you know somehow some way right um you know they'll find a way to make it go away um but uh, to y'all's point you know this is just to you know push trump to the forefront this is the the media campaign this is you know this is the things that happen almost around every election um you know again the the bottom line is you know no matter who's in office what are you doing specifically um you know uh, to help um the black community and what is the black community what are we demanding from uh these these presidents these senators these congressmen and whoever all these other politicians right uh you know you just had a whole bunch of republicans not sign a uh basically a bill or a treaty or something like that to denounce racism right so you know uh white rather white supremacy rather to you know there were there were republicans that did not sign a document to denounce white supremacy so what does that tell you right you know like you know they know and understand that this is a position of power they don't care um you know what we think um you know especially not the black community right they're in those positions making the money that they're making getting away with um you know uh more crimes than any you know uh, uh do on the street right you know these are the real thugs here right these are the real criminals these politics i mean these politicians rather um and so you know uh, again it would like almost with any topic with politics right it's all a big um distraction they're just throwing things at us um, to take our mind off of this off of that um like you said this is definitely setting up uh trump's run or you know a campaign you know uh um trying to you know make noise about that um but you know again during any presidency at least since i've been alive you know since 1990 right like there hasn't been any president to fully help black even even barack obama um you know there has been no president to fully help black people in the black community and we have not demanded from any president um you know certain things that we need in the black community to change um and so that is the real thing that we should be looking at no matter who is in office whether it's trump biden you know they throw michelle obama in the mix whoever uh decides to be um the president um you know again what are you doing for us and what are we demanding from you all you know the fox news and all that they're still gonna no matter what 1.3 but that's not gonna shut the company down they're still gonna be there you know still doing what they do still spewing the propaganda and, and the and the lies that they spew um you know and that goes for all of them you know not to say that you know all of them are like fox news um but certainly you know there are still people on msn msnbc um and the other networks um that are also corrupt and spewing propaganda as well so you know it's all a big game it's all a big system um you know and the bottom line is we have to 
um, not uh, lose focus off of, okay, again, what, what is the black community demanding from them and what what are they providing to help us get out get out of um you know the, the situations that we've been in for decades now for a century now you know like that has to change and up until um you know you know up until barack you know he was the first black president you know for the 45th 46th well whatever number he was 44th he was the first, right? Um, you know, it, it's you know, in politics, especially with 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 our people, um, there's been a history of systemic racism, uh, bigotry, uh, corruption, right? Keeping us down in every way possible, and that's what we try to continue to do. Um, and so we have to again not lose focus and understand that there's a bigger picture here, um, and they're putting these things out, and these things are happening uh, for a reason. It's very strategic. Um, but we cannot lose focus as the black community, um, you know, when, when it comes to electing this, this next president or the next senators or the next congressman. And also the black community, we need to understand that the local votes um, are even more important than the federal government votes. Right. The president is normally just the, the pawn, the puppet that they put out there. Right. But you, but the, the Congress and the, the Senate, the House of Representatives, you know, the, the also the, the governors, the mayors, the the um the, the district attorneys those elections matter um even more so and are more critical um than the president of the united states and and, and what the news <laughs> of the president so one thing i want to look at is the definition of propaganda because as, as black people we really gotta learn jargon mm -hmm. we don't learn jargon which is business you know talk business conversation so a lot of the times we don't understand when they're using these words, what they're talking about or what they're meaning. So what propaganda is, is information, especially biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. And in this case, that is exactly what Fox News does. That is all that Fox News does. And I watched Tucker Carlson and I watched Lindsey Graham and I take them out just because I want to see all parts of the spectrum. I'm going to watch CNN. I'm going to watch MSNBC. I'm going to watch NBC. I'm going to watch all of them. And I'm going to form my own, you know, uh, thoughts of what's really going on, you know, and, and come back and try to inform y'all on what I, what I think is going on and what I see. Because you can't just get it from MSNBC and like you talked about, Amrock, they're all guilty of propaganda. Every last single one of these news outlets are aligned with certain political views that are spewing to their target audience. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And you're doing that, why? Because the advertisers are paying you to advertise to per se target audience, and that's how TV works. So for you to sit here and try to say that Fox News is doing propaganda, all news is fucking propaganda. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here. Hey, um, Rich, real quick, shout out, shout out to you guys, shout out to Politicking. Um, you know, um, definitely appreciate you guys uh having this platform um and giving people like myself uh, the opportunity to speak uh, on uh, important issues and important topics out there. Um, you know, Black Horse Creators, uh everybody please go follow on IG again. Um, uh, you know, um Big things is happening um, slowly but surely. Big things is happening, but um, as always, man. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the DMV. Shout out to Baltimore, man. Yes, yes. Shout out to to, to the whole cast panel. You know, shout out to our guys that are not present today. Yeah. You know, uh, Brand of encouragement with y'all, y'all just get it. Uh, focus on the future with Alvin. You know, and uh, shout out to everybody who's been. Uh, out there in the field working in this media game with us you know with politic and broadcasting shout out to you too amrock for coming on here and uh thanks sinatra for getting on here every wednesday it's not easy y'all to grade a show to you know put the graphics up you know put together the show run the show you know murdoch shout out to murdoch on the boards but you know just just want to you know give everybody props for what they do and uh like you said giving us a, a, a platform to speak on and open our mouths and be heard you know that's it's, it's it's definitely like therapy to be able to get this off your chest and let the public hear it 
You know what I mean? So I just definitely want to shout out to everybody who listened to us on the audio tip around the world and watch us on, you know, YouTube and whatnot. So, so right now, you know, I feel like, I feel like Goku, you know, every time, every life throws you a bunch of different shit and, and you know, and it really transitions you. And when you make it on the other side of it, it really empowers you. You reach that new power level. You you go to that next level. But my 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 hunger is insatiable. I want more. I need more. I gotta have it. I want it. I'm gonna chase it down. So all my goals, all my dreams, everything that I said I was coming for. Ain't no more talking, man. You know what I'm saying? You just gonna see action. You just gonna see niggas moving and. and Sit back and watch. You know what I'm saying? As far as the, the non-believers, thank you. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all the motherfuckers that fueled me. I was watching Deion Sanders' interview on the Pivot Podcast. And he's like, you know what? You know, I went through high school. I was an all-star baseball player, basketball player, football player. Nobody was ever in the stands for me. I didn't need nobody cheering for me to fuel me, to, to give me that, that thing, that dog. I already had it in me, and I, I felt that to the core. I don't need not one motherfucker on this earth to cheer for me because I know what the fuck I'm doing, and I know the impact that I have in this motherfucking world, and I'm coming for everything. Politic in the podcast. I don't know what you're going to do with your life, and I'm going to get to it, man. We out. Look. Yes, sir. Smoking Dank Sinatra, that's all gas. On the hunt in a tall grass. Intercepting every ball pass, then I run it back, that's a TD. Check the scoreboard, y'all last. We up one, you see me. Pussy niggas wanna talk about it, go to Hellcat, no demon. I be politicking on your broadcast at the red carpet like the famous homie. Ask your bitch, really famous homie, and you know it's Emmy. It ain't on me. So 